Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, spooksters. In real time, it is a Monday. Yeah, a couple weeks a couple weeks ago, and I am mm-hmm. um, I'm at my apartment, stressing about getting ready for a trip. If you're listening to this on the day it releases, I have since gone on that trip and have come home. I spent speaking in past tense in this time for you guys. <laughs> I spent ten days with Tara. Woo! <laughs> so I'm sure we'll have some adventure stories. Oh, yes, but probably. we wanted to record this before we left. Thank you so much also for letting us tap in some of our potty friends who mm-hmm. like can come in. We've done their show before, so we're, we were excited to be able to showcase them here yeah. on our show. We hope you enjoyed them. But now we are back in business as mm-hmm. per usual. Yes, and we have a new new series. We do. It's called I Just Killed My Dad. I'm sorry. Why did you say it like that? You know why? Because the way you know what that they reminds me of the, the way they named this. Well, obviously, spoiler alert: it's what he says when he calls the police. Yeah, but he does not say it like that. But it kind of reminds me of those books when you're a kid, and it was like my dog ate my or my dog ate an alien. Like it just <laughs> the way it's written, it just. It's just that I just killed my dad. Like, I don't, I don't know. Just kinda... No, because like, and you're right. It is cringy that they did that as the title because mm. like, that's not how he acted at all. Right. He wasn't like, I just killed my dad. He was just like, I just killed my dad. Right. Exactly. This is the story of Anthony Templey and his father, Bert Templey. Mm-hmm. It takes place in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And this story, like when you first starts you even in because it's three episodes and we're just one episode in right so when it, episode first starts you're like you will think one way of the situation you're like oh he killed his dad and then as time goes on you're like oh what the fuck happened why did you know it's definitely a development of sorts so the episode starts with diana cummings she or dana sorry dana cummings and she is the baton rouge assistant district attorney and she's also the chief of litigation for baton rouge and she's talking about anthony who's the Mm -hmm. kind of like the protagonist of this documentary and anthony is you know he's 17 at the time i want everyone to realize that 
Mm -hmm. She basically starts off in the kind of the catchy line that they get her with is she doesn't believe Anthony has empathy. She has him pegged as a cold-blooded psychopathic killer. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how you start off. So she's like, she kind of says that like, the way his voice was, the effect of his voice, the affect of his voice was very like flat monotone. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he was conveying any other piece of information. Mm -hmm. So she, that's where she's gathering this. So basically on, I believe June 2nd, June 2nd or June 3rd Mm -hmm. of 2018, Anthony calls 911 because he had shot his father. The police officer that was going to the scene was, like, a little bit, like, weirded out by it. Because, like, in that area, there weren't violent crimes. This was, like, the nice area. So, Mm -hmm. like, maybe a car got broken into, something like that. But nothing like someone shot someone. Right, exactly. Anthony, the police said he was very compliant from the very beginning Mm -hmm. when they asked him. Like, he stays on the phone with 911. He could have ran. He could have called 911 and said, I shot my dad. This is where he's at and took off running. Yeah. But he didn't. He stands out by the mailbox when the police are like, okay, we have to handcuff you because you obviously shot someone. So Mm. just, you know, for our protection, he complied. The officers also said that he showed almost no emotion. He was just kind of like, go with the flow. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Anthony is being interviewed in this documentary as well. And Anthony did not understand that when they put the cuffs on him, he thought it was they were going to cuff him, like secure the house and then let him out out of handcuffs. Mm -hmm. So he thought he was going to be in handcuffs. Like he was just being detained, basically. Right. Like just a few minutes. And that was not the case. They definitely weren't going to let him go. I kind of see, like, I was like, man, that kind of sucks because, like, he didn't really understand what was, like, really happening. Yeah. In that situation, police go into the home and they go cautiously because even though Anthony has been compliant, they don't know if he's necessarily telling the whole truth. He could be lying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they go in and the first thing they find when they go into the kitchen is there's a gun with the hammer cocked back on the counter. And so they kind of like secure that and then they go in a little farther and they make their way to the master bedroom. When they walk into the master bedroom, they see a gun and a cell phone lying on a bed. And there's like mm-hmm. photos of it in the in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And then they see legs sticking out, which happened to be Bert Templey, which is Anthony's father. Yeah. Bert was still alive at this moment. They find him they drag him out of the master bedroom like you'll see like in the documentary there's like smear marks where they like drug him Mm -hmm. and they get him to the hospital anthony is then taken down to the police station and as he's being interviewed by the violent crimes unit they asked him if he wanted to talk about what happened and he says yeah i then i this kind of prompted me like anthony's a minor Mm -hmm. he's 17 but in the state of Louisiana, minors can be questioned without their parents or guardians present. So, like, in New York, a parent or guardian has to be present. Mm-hmm. But in many of these places that do have laws that don't require parents, there's, like, kind of, like, a backdoor law of this where it's, like, mm-hmm. if a parent or guardian or an advocate isn't present, I don't, I couldn't find this about Louisiana, but, like, a lot of times if there isn't an adult with the child's best interest there, mm-hmm. 
a lot of times their testimony or their confession or whatever their interrogation can be thrown out or it can be used pretty much against the prosecution in a negative way because it could Mm -hmm. look like the cops were bullying him. They wouldn't let his parents in, which just kind of makes sense because when you start thinking about like making of a murderer, like Mm -hmm. that kid, like he didn't have it. I'm wondering if this is kind of like they had that law as well. Mm, Yeah. Detective Greg Brown is the member of the Violent Crimes Unit, and he is the one interviewing him. He questions him about his relationship with his father, and Anthony is like, I don't like my dad. And he's very, like, I want you guys to know, like, when you watch it, he's just answering questions. I'll be really honest. It just kind of seems like he's talking about anything. Yeah. He's not overly emoting. He's not under emoting. He's just, it would be like if Tara and I were talking... I was like, it'd be like if Tara and I were talking about a sandwich, but I'm like, I have shown a whale. I've shown a lot of emotion about sandwiches before, <laughs> so maybe not. But you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he's just kind of talking like it's just like, think about like giving facts of a history report. You're just like rattling them off. That's just kind of how it was. Yeah. Anthony says that Bert was very verbally abusive for him. He would call him like shithead or dickhead or really kind of anything with a bad word in front of head. Mm hmm. And he goes, well, take me through what happened. And he's like, he was calling me names and whatever. And then Bert and Anthony started to fight because Bert accused Anthony of calling his stepmom, mm-hmm. which I was like, fucking red flag. Yeah. Why, why couldn't he call her? Right. But Bert and Susan had been estranged for six months. They weren't living mm-hmm. together. They were apart. And so Bert was like, oh, you're going behind my back to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And that's what this was. He was like going through his phone. That's why, like, I think it was Anthony's phone in the bed in Bert's bedroom, because basically it was kind of a jumble. But what I understood is that, like, Anthony and Bert are fighting. Bert took the phone. Anthony locks himself in his room. Bert's like pounding on the door. Anthony somehow gets out of his room and goes and locks himself in Bert's room. And I think the reason he locked himself in Bert's room is Bert had guns in his room. Yeah. I do believe this is what this was. Mm -hmm. Because why would you leave your room? The security of your room. Yeah. To go to another room, which, you know, maybe that door doesn't lock properly. Mm -hmm. Maybe he has a key to that door. Mm Mm-hmm. AJ says that he locks, so he locks himself in Bert's room. AJ is the other name that they call Anthony. His name is Mm -hmm. Anthony Joseph. So. Mm -hmm. So Anthony says he goes and gets he goes and gets guns. Plural. He gets two. Detective Brown is like most likely when people like get a backup gun, it's because they aim to kill you type situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Anthony tells them the reason I did this is there was no way out. He didn't know. How it was going to work. Like, he just was, like, apparently at his breaking point. Yeah. And Bert was trying to force him his way into the room. And Anthony says it seems like he kind of got stunned. Like, maybe hit the door with his... Something happened. The door is cracked. The only Mm -hmm. thing in this house that is out of place or looks different or looks like there was some sort of altercation is the door is broken. Like, it's cracked. But apparently, Bert is, like, stunned. He's, like, grunting. He's doing something. He backs away. And Anthony then opens the door and starts to shoot Bert. Mm-hmm. And he basically shoots his way out. According to Anthony, Bert says, please stop shooting or stop shooting me or something like that. Anthony says he only shot him three times. Or at least he says he shot the gun three times. 
doesn't actually know how many hit him. And then Anthony gets his phone and goes outside and calls 911. Mm -hmm. So then they rush him to the hospital. They are rushed to the hospital. Then in the interview or the interrogation, Detective Brown asks Anthony, could you have gotten out? Was there like another door, maybe like to a different part of the house or like outside their windows? And Anthony goes, yeah, there were windows. And he asked him, was there a phone in the room? And we know there's a phone in the room because it was on the bed. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, like, kind of like asking him, like, why didn't you use any of your other resources? Mm -hmm. He's also a 17 year old kid. Yeah, that's fair. You know, like, yeah. If he truly was, and I'm, I'm saying this, like, I'm trying to say this as non-partisan as possible. Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to stay as neutral as possible. Like, if he was really scared and his adrenaline had taken over and he was afraid for his life, if there had been, like, a, a series of, like, systematic abuse over the years. Yeah. Maybe going outside or running away gets punished more. Maybe, like, we don't know the full spectrum of this. Mm-hmm. But we know that he did not choose to use any other way, but he chose to, he chose to shoot his way out. Anthony was then booked for attempted manslaughter because at this time, Bert is still alive. Mm -hmm. Susan Templey receives a call that wakes her up on June 3rd, and they tell her that her husband is in a trauma neurocritical care unit at Our Lady of the Lake Hospital. And which I was like, I love the name of that hospital. (laughs) And Susan, Susan is like very emotional when they interview her. You know, she talks about going and seeing Bert and holding his lifeless hand. And again, I'm trying not to sound judgy, but like, it just seems awfully weird to me that like she has something caused her not to be with Bert. Mm -hmm. Just saying. I don't know what it is yet. I haven't watched two or three. Yeah. But she basically was just, like, very upset, and, yeah. Bert wasn't, like, when they start interviewing neighbors, most people didn't know Bert. Most people had very few interactions with him. He Mm -hmm. was actually, like, most people thought he was strange. One neighbor was, like, he, she's, like, what I didn't like about it is that, like, he would boast about being drunk and partying all the time. Yeah. And Susan also said it. Susan was, like, yeah, he partied all the time and was drunk a lot. Neighbors said he was odd or he acted really strange or was like a, you know, like one neighbor that you're like, oh, God, that man, like that person, that was Bert, (laughs) like in that neighborhood. He was like the one that you don't invite to the potluck because the last time he got too drunk and started a fight with one of the other Uh neighbors, like that's kind of like the vibe I was getting. Uh huh. One of the neighbors said he actually like came over to their house drunk and was like trying to pick a fight with threatening this guy's wife and everything. And they... And the guy was like, go home, Bert, you're drunk. (laughs) That was the vibe I got. I was like, okay. Yeah, they were just kind of like, Bert is weird. And what's even weirder about it is that nobody had ever really met in the neighborhood. No one had ever met Anthony. Very Mm -hmm. few people had seen him. And he's a 17-year-old boy. I don't know about you, but like in the neighborhoods I grew up in, everybody knew all the 17-year-old boys because they were out causing mischiefs. Mm -hmm. You know, just think back to our hoodlum days. Yeah. (laughs) you were of the streets at that time (laughs) so it was interesting that like nobody knew him like yeah one guy was like we never even met anthony another guy was like i never even saw him like i didn't know he like i knew he existed but i didn't i never saw him right so it's like imagine living in a neighborhood where like 
it's kind of like everyone kind of knows each other and you don't know what one kid looks like. So if Anthony was like out walking around, you'd be like, who is that, that random child? Mm-hmm. So then they bring on Susan's brother, who his name is Michael Wilson Jr. And he thought Bert treated him like a king. He says he gave him everything he wanted, blah, 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 which I thought was interesting. Mm hmm. Because it's like, it kind of, like, sometimes it sounds like that, but sometimes it definitely sounds like it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he means because, like, Bert probably gave him, like, every video game he wanted because that meant he would lock himself in his room and not talk to people. Yeah. Susan said she met her, or met Bert on her birthday. She had just separated from her first husband, and she was watching a Louisiana State University game and he came over and was like hitting on her and they just kind of like swooned together and they fell in love and then she and her son Peyton moved in with Bert and Anthony. Anthony was seven years old at the time so that's 10 years. It's a big chunk of time that they were together. What's interesting is like she talks about Anthony and she's like he was kind of like fun and laughy and like yeah sarcastic and he'd joke. But then she was like, but he would like stay to himself, not talk to people. And I'm like, I am getting mixed messages from one person, Susan. Susan said that Anthony loved to like be in the kitchen with her cooking and things. And it made me sad because it was like, she was like, he just liked doing something where no one was like criticizing him. But Anthony was a fun, laughy kid. (laughs) Just let that sink in. Bert criticized everything Anthony did. Yeah. Peyton said, Peyton, who is Susan's biological son, said that they couldn't openly joke around Bert, that they had to like be more conservative. And so it wasn't always like fun times. And he said that he knew that Anthony couldn't be himself around Bert and that he knew that Anthony didn't like Bert. Mm-hmm. And I think Peyton is like a couple years younger than Anthony. So yeah. And they just kind of said as the older Anthony got, the more he grew in, like, to himself, as in, like, he just stayed to himself. He would go and, like, lock Mm -hmm. himself in his room and play video games and stuff like that. Susan said that Anthony shows no emotion. In fact, her brother was like, Susan was afraid of him. She thought he was going to shoot her. And I was like, I, calm down, Mike. Calm down, sir. Yeah. I don't, I just think that you're sensationalizing this because you're being interviewed for a documentary. Yeah, just a little bit. I do feel that vibe from him for sure. An interesting fact about AJ or Anthony is that he doesn't actually know which day is his birthday or he didn't when he was being interviewed. He was like, I think it's the first or the second of September 2001. Like, I think. How do you not know your birthday? Well, we're going to find out in a second, Tara. <laughs> if, if you're not being told your actual birthday. Shh. That's the question they ask when they watch this. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Honey, not your birthday. I'm aware. I watched it. I told you to watch it. <laughs> I know. I was like, Tara. Jesus, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> I know I retell this, but you're supposed to watch it too. No, I did. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Like last week. <laughs> I know. And then we meet an interesting character in the, in the timeline of this documentary. His name is Jared Embo. He Mm -hmm. is Anthony's defense attorney. And I mean, if I ever commit a crime in Louisiana, please call him. He seems like he knows his shit. (laughs) He also seems like he could probably use a defense attorney sometimes. (laughs) Considering he said, I've been in hundreds, I've been in hundreds of bar fights. And I was like, okay, you want your lawyer to be scrappy. He's scrappy for sure. (laughs) Yeah. 
he said that like Louise, Baton Rouge, Louisiana has the highest incarceration rate in the country. And he's like, he doesn't know if Louisiana is just people are crazy there because it's Louisiana or if they just have higher crime rates. And I was like, I'm pretty sure those are the same. Same, same. So he met with Anthony and he said he was, he struggled to get like Anthony to share with him. He just struggled. Like Anthony wasn't coming out and being like, here's my story. Then it goes to they're like trying to figure out like who Bert is, right? Right. So they bring in Bert's friend, James Tennyson. And James says that he's known Bert since he was like 15 or 16, which always feels like the number that people throw out. Like, I've known him since I was 15 or 16, mm-hmm. you know? And he said he didn't know what Bert did for a living, but he know he made a lot of money. And Susan says that Bert was a project controls engineer and made $100 per hour. And then she goes, he was a great provider. And I was like, I'm sure he was. <laughs> I'm sure he was. He's a great, like her little like tissue that she's patting. I was like, I'm pretty sure like, yeah, I might stay with a man if he made $100 an hour and be like, ooh, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel real bad about my <laughs> Right, fuck. James also says, that he doesn't understand how Anthony could have done this because Anthony is such a well-behaved child. I just feel like that maybe James and Bert weren't friends, friends. Like, yeah. as close as I thought. Mm-hmm. And he goes, but you never know. He goes, why? He asks, how could he shoot his own father? And he goes, but you never know what ha- is happening behind closed doors. But I will tell you who did, Bert, because that man had that place wired. Mm-hmm. He had eight security cameras on the outside, and according to Susan, every ha- every room in the house but the master bedroom had cameras. So I need to note, is the other bathrooms have cameras? Because that's disgusting and gross. Yeah. No one needs to see that. No. But he was always, like, tracking them. So, like, he had an app where he could, like, track them on the camera, which is creepy. Mm-hmm. I know, like, some people get, like, really anxious about their children, but, like... I don't need, like, if I know my kid is in the backyard, I don't need to pull it up on, right. like, stare at, stare at my kid walking. No. But I think Bert did. Bert needed to know where Anthony was at all times. The next person we're introduced to is Elena Fennell. Fennell. She works at Krug's, I think that's how it's pronounced, nursery, owned by a neighbor of Bert's named Scott. Scott. It was in 2000. It was in February of 2018. Bert was like, hey, my son needs a job. Scott was like, well, I don't know your son, so I'm not just going to give him a fucking job. And Bert was like, I got you. It's cool. And then he like brings them down to have like lunch to chat. And you know those people who like answer the questions for you? That's what it was. Mm. I could just see like being like, so what do you like to do for fun? And Bert just like, he likes video games. And plants. Gotta say that because it's a nursery. Mm-hmm. Likes plants. <laughs> and so Elaine worked there and she said she just really felt like Anthony needed. And at this point, you know, Susan's not in the house. She just really felt like Anthony needed a mother figure in his life. So she kind of was like, you know, trying to like pal around with him to make mm-hmm. him feel comfortable. I think about it like, you know how like an aunt might be like, oh, my little buddy, my pal, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, seemed very innocent like she said that he didn't seem to know pop culture at all like she was like talking about like tom hanks or you know tom cruise he had no clue who they were she said she went up to give him like like a high five like she's like get put him up and he was like he looked at her like she was crazy Mm -hmm. she's like give me a high five you did a good job and he was like i don't know what that is 
Nobody has high-fived this child. So crazy. By the time I was like eight months old, I'm pretty sure my dad had high-fived me like millions of times. My dad had a problem with it. They love to high-five babies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then wave their arms. There's so many videos of my my birth mom and like my brothers and I were like, it's just like our fat chubby arm is just like (laughs) swinging. My dad is just like... We're like, okay, calm down, Dad. I don't know why you're so fascinated with babies waving, but okay. I loved it. But, you know, like, it's that kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. And then she finds out that Anthony is homeschooled. Yeah. She goes, well, like, what grade are you in? And he's like, I don't know what grade I am. And I don't know my grade. Yeah. And she thought that was weird. But she, like, didn't press. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, what if he was behind? Like, what right. if he was, like delayed and didn't want to admit that maybe like he's a 10th grader but he's really in eighth grade because he's been mm-hmm. held back right type yeah thing. Mm-hmm. he also didn't know his own mother's name when they were like well, what's your mom mom's name and she he was like i don't know couple with the fact that he doesn't know his home address and his birth date these yeah. are red flags but like yeah. if you don't know all of this stuff to get like if unless you have it all in front of you you're not gonna get it another thing interesting we talked about bert tracking people Bert had an app on Anthony's phone that would, like, track his movements. Mm. And I guess, like, one day, like, Anthony was, like, fertilizing some potted plants. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go very far. It's, like, probably, like, maybe a four-foot radius that he was working in. So he's just, like, yeah. standing there. And Bert called Scott and was like, what's going on? He hasn't moved in 30 minutes. I also think that you could think about it, like, maybe Scott was like, hey, when you're on the floor, don't have your phone in your pocket. When I've worked at shops mm-hmm. and things like that like where they're like we don't want you to like have your phone on you so yeah. what if it would have been in his like locker yeah just burp just being super overprotective but it was like that like struck elaine really mm-hmm. weird it struck me really weird after the whole shooting and everything happened and like scott had reached out to elaine and was like this is what happened she went and pulled anthony's application to work there and bert had filled it out and had put that he was in the 10th grade and that he was going to like a private school or private like homeschool called Kaplan Prep. And according to the internet, Kaplan Prep is not a place. It's not Mm. a thing. What Kaplan is, is it's like where you order standardized tests. So it's, Mm. it's not an actual thing. It's not an actual homeschool program. Yeah. So Elaine is like, really, what the hell? We have to help this kid. He can't stay there. We have to find his mom. We have to find someone to help him because nobody knew. And mm-hmm. so she reaches out. She's pointed in the direction and, and comes in contact with a woman by, by the name of Shauna Landry. Shauna Landry, she is a DNA slash genealogy researcher. Basically, she found out that her dad wasn't her dad. Mm-hmm. And now she's helped like 40 plus people find out who their biological parents are. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I, that's what she does for a living. She solves DNA puzzles. So she was like, okay, if I can get DNA from him, this will work. However, the jail he was in would not allow outside visitors. So they couldn't do this. So she had to kind of go old school, like old school Facebook stalking. Since AJ obviously is a minor, there's nothing online about him. There's not going to be any information. So she started with Bert. She knew that Anthony had been born in Texas. So she started there and she looked up Bert and she found out that he had some charges as like misdemeanor charges. And he also had 
assault charges. Mm-hmm. He actually had aggravated assault charges, one that was assault with bodily injury of a family member. So they kind of, and it's the same year that Anthony was born in. So they're like, okay, this has to be like a birth mother, most likely. So they look in Houston, she sends a private eye down and they start, she has this like program, which is kind of like the white pages pro, if that makes sense. I don't know what to mm-hmm. call, what it's called, but she basically types in like an address or an area and then a person's name and it looks for like associates mm-hmm. of that person. Right. And mm-hmm. a person pops up that is associated with an address of Bert and her name is Natasha. And Natasha has a very, very specific way that she spells her name. It's N-E-T-A-S-H-A. Mm-hmm. So it's very distinct. So then Shayna gets online, goes onto the Facebook, finds it, types it in, finds her, sends her a message. It takes a couple days because you know that whole like hidden folder shit. If you guys ever message me, that's where it is. <laughs> For me, I, I don't ever see them because I'm like, I never check my Facebook Messenger. I just checked it the other day and I found out like my aunt had messaged me. And she'd given up and just texted me. <laughs> Within a few days, like this girl had like, I'm assuming Shayna had, give, or had given her name and phone number and stuff. Because while she's on the phone with Elena, Natasha and her mom, and her mom's name is Teresa, call Shayna. And they start talking and they start talking about like, oh, yeah, AJ, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, they didn't even know his nickname was AJ. And so they find this out. And then they find another really big, crucial bit of information that is going to you're kind of going to be like, what? Basically, how this episode kind of winds down mm-hmm. is that Natasha and Teresa send over a missing persons flyer for Anthony. Bert. Straight up fucking kidnapped his own kid. Yep. He didn't go to it very far. He went from Texas to Louisiana, but like <laughs> he kidnapped so- his own kid. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how it ends this episode. So yeah. I was like, oh shit. But yeah, so that's where we end today. Yes. And cliffhanger. <laughs> it's super cliffhanger, but now we, to me, it's the like, birthday uh, thing makes sense. Like all this other stuff. Right. Because you're not going to. Yeah tell your kid his actual birth date yeah he might not even be born in september yeah you wouldn't want him to know like his home address because like why would you ever Uh want him to leave home you don't need to know your address you live here you don't leave here this is where you stay you go here to the nursery pack that kind of shit Mm -hmm. of course he wouldn't need to know his birth mom's name because then he could go looking for her Mm -hmm. but with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today we will be back next week with part Episodes. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then part two of this next Thursday. Yeah. But um, episode on Monday. As episode usual. on Monday. Don't know what it is. Because I can't. I don't know. I, maybe listeners. Maybe not. I don't know. We're <laughs> At this point, guys, like, I'm focused on, like, do I have enough time to pack and get all my work done? <laughs> the answer might be no. But we'll figure it out. It will we'll be fine. It out. Yeah. We <laughs> all okay. right. We're going to go. With that, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.